This is part number four. Please continue. The representation of the hands and the fingers are the things that we do. The things that are the work of our lives, they represent the things for which we work for, not necessarily a job, but the things that are accomplished without hands, you're limited to some things that you can do. So our hands become representatives of our work for the Lord and the need that those hands be ordained by Him, that those hands be cleansed by the blood of Jesus for every work that we do for Him, because our works will be judged according to the book of 1 Corinthians 3.13, Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12, the reason for the prophets and the apostles and the teachers and the evangelists, it was for the perfecting of the saints. For what reason? So that they would look pretty? No. So that they would be prepared for the work of the ministry, to the edifying of the body. Colossians 1.10, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. And in Revelation 22.12, it says, Behold, I come quickly. My reward is with me to give to every man according to his work or according as his work shall be. So we will all be rewarded, every single one of us, for what we do for him. Of course, there is the opposite side of the coin. The punishment also for those that were unfaithful and not having done what the Lord told them and they hid their talent in the dirt and present to the Lord absolutely nothing back except what he had given them with nothing increase. Then of course I mentioned uh, <clears throat> uh, the left foot and the right foot that were crucified uh, with Christ just as his hands were. They are representative of, look at what it says, in the book of Luke, chapter 24, verse 39, Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bone, as you see me have. Verse 40, And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. So we know that Jesus was pierced in both hands. He was pierced in both feet. His hands represented the work that he did for us, but also it represents the work that we will do for him. So let's look at this a little bit closer now. Looking at the right and the left, we have very specific meanings in the Bible. I want to incorporate this into the hands and the feet. Our work in the Lord and our walk in him. A word study on the right and a word study on the left can be done and there's much more that I could have put in here and, and had men, mentioned a whole lot more. You can do that on your own. 
But here is one and of just a few things that are symbolized or characterized in the scripture by the right. The right side, the right hand, the right foot. Let's look at the scripture and let's read. Number one, or A, authority. According to Psalm 110, verse 1, the scripture says, And the Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand, until I make thine enemies thy footstool. In Hebrews 1.13, To which of the angels said he at any time, Sit at my right hand, until I make your enemies your footstool. In Acts 2.33, Therefore being by the right hand of God, exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this, which you now see and hear. And then in Matthew chapter 26, verse 64, Jesus says unto him, Thou hast said, Nevertheless I say unto you, Hereafter you shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. And Ephesians 1.20, Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and hath set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. So that is the first thing that we see, that the word right, right hand, right foot, it could represent a place of authority. B, it could represent a place of blessing. Let's look at this. Genesis 48, 17, And Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand upon the head of Ephraim and displeased him. And he held up his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head unto Manasseh's head. Verse 18. And Joseph said unto his father, Not so, my father, for this is my firstborn. Put your right hand upon his head. And his father refused, which was Jacob, and said, I know it, my son, I know it. He also shall become a people, and he also shall be great. But truly his younger brother shall be greater than he, and his seed shall become a multitude of nations. C. It could represent wisdom. According to Ecclesiastics 10.2, a wise man's heart is at his right hand. But a fool's heart is at his left. D. When the Levites, or when someone was called into the ministry, according to Levites, Leviticus uh, chapter 8, verse 22, there was the applying of the blood. Said, and, he would, and he brought another ram, and the ram of consecration, and Aaron and his sons laid their hands upon the head of the ram, verse 23, and they slew it. And Moses took of the blood of it, and he put it on the tip of Aaron's right ear, upon the right thumb, and upon the great toe of his right foot. Verse 24, And he brought Aaron's sons and Moses, and he put the blood upon the tip of the right ear, upon the thumb of the right hand, and upon the great toe. And of their right foot or feet and Moses sprinkled the blood upon the altar round about point E 
the representation of <clears throat> the word right or left, in this case right. Psalms 20 verse 6, it could mean strength or symbolize strength. Now know I that the Lord saveth his anointed. He will hear him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Of course, all of us have one arm that's stronger than the other. Most people are right-handed. There's some that are left-handed. Then, of course, you've got people that can use both left and right. Now we have on the foot, on the heel of Jesus, where the wounds took place. Here we have several things that we could use to interpret and help us understand what was taking place. The feet and the heel of Jesus were wounded for us. And they were also wounds to defeat the enemy. According to Genesis chapter 3 verse 15, I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. His feet were also wounded for our spiritual walk. It is the victories which he has accomplished for us. So, if we were to say the seed of the woman being Jesus, and the seed of the enemy being all the works, the Antichrist, and all of that, then that would be one interpretation. There's a number of uh, interpretations that are given to this scripture. But I just want to point out that it was going to be the heel of one that was going to bruise the head of the other. And it is the heel of Jesus that was bruised at the cross, both feet. And it is the head of Satan, his authority, that was bruised and damaged by Jesus' death, burial, and His resurrection. Because we are talking about our walk with the Lord, then this is what we want to include in it. In Ephesians chapter 2, in verse number 2, the scripture says that in past times, this is how we walked. We walked according to a certain manner and way. Wherein, in past time, you walked according to the course of this world, According to the prince of the power of the air, that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Verse 3, among whom also we had our conversation, our behavior, in past times, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we were by nature children of wrath, even, at, uh, even as others. In chapter 2, verse 10, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. We should work them and walk in them. Ephesians 5.2, it says, And walk in the love, <clears throat> walk in love, as Christ has also loved us and has given himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Savior. Verse 8, For you sometimes were, <clears throat> for you were sometimes in darkness, but now you are in the light. 
in the Lord. Walk as the children of light. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that henceforth you walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. Colossians 3.5 Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiousness, uh, covetousness, which is idolatry. Then in Colossians 3.7 In which pastimes you walked in some time and when you lived in them this this was our past first peter 4 3 for in times past our life may have sufficed us to have wrought the will of the gentiles when we walked in lasciviousness when we walked in lust excess of wine revelings banquetings abominable idolatries Colossians 1.10 That you may now walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God. Colossians 4.5 Walk in wisdom towards them that are outside, redeeming the time. Psalm 1 verse 1 Blessed is the man that walketh not in the seat of the scornful. There's three levels that are mentioned in Ephesians and three levels that are mentioned in the book of uh, Psalms 1. And that is the level of walking, the level of standing, and the level of sitting. You first start walking, then you wind up standing, then you wind up sitting. And in the book of Ephesians, we walk, we stand. Several times we're told to stand, and we are also seated with Christ. So you find this thought behind that then there is now therefore no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit in verse chapter 8 verse 4 that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit and then in, in Corinthians 2nd Corinthians 5 7 for we walk by faith not by sight 2 Corinthians 10.3 Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16 And what agreement has the temple with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. I will be their God, I will, and they shall be my people. As you can see, Walking is a very important part of the spiritual life of the Christian. And he promised, I will walk in them. The only way he can walk in us is if our walk has been touched by the blood of Jesus and the blood has been applied to make it a holy walk, a walk acceptable before him. Please continue to the last part of this message, which is part number five.